Hello, lovers. Let's see if I can get it this time. Welcome to You Gotta Love It, the show where you come to discover... No. The show where you... Man, hold on. The show where you tell us the best things we never knew existed. The show where you come to dis... No, fuck. What is it, man? Um... Uh, uh, ooh, it's weird that this seems to get harder. The show where um, you tell us... Uh, the best things that we never knew existed. The show where you... C- no. No. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, it's been a while since I've, like, heard it <laughs> properly. Um, Do you not have access to it anymore? Well, it's on my phone. It's upstairs, though. I'll get it. <laughs> I'll get it next time. <laughs> Anyways, my name is Koji. I am a part-time cannibal and full-time space marine Mm. and with me as always is my good friend and because we just talked about it habitual double booker Mm. sometimes a triple booker probably even andrew patterson hello yeah welcome back or hello if it's your first if it's your first time yeah yeah so i don't know where to begin Lazy afternoon. Yeah. Lazy afternoon. You got to love it. Recording session here. My other podcast was on the CBC the other day. That was pretty cool. Yes, it was. I'm podcast tr- playlist. I tried to like shoehorn this one in there and they... They weren't feeling they it. They weren't having it. They edited that part out. Mm. But who knows? You know, maybe... Uh, maybe they're listening now. Maybe it'll be I'll, on a future episode of podcast playlist. I, I'm trying to put the bug in their ear because I'm actually going to inter- interview them for uh, the Buns podcast. Oh, crazy. So, Wild. Oh yeah, it's really it's really the, the snake eating its Turn, own turning on tables, eh? Well, think about it. So they do a show on the radio about what is essentially on-demand internet radio. And right. I'm going to interview them on internet radio about a radio show they do about internet radio. Whoa. Yeah. Weird. Oh, that's a yeah, that's a noggin noodler. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. So, on tap for this week, the... Oh, I'm the worst. You know, I, 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 Wait, I keep saying that I'm going to like break in midweek and be like, these are, the, these are the things that we're doing this week. But I don't do that. Yeah, we also just need to, uh, I think, start figuring that out before we record. Figuring out the next ones. Because mm. we always do it. We sit down and do it. But we just do it after recording. It's like, okay, yeah, good, good sesh. So what's what's next? What do we got? What's uh, the next recommended things, you know? Yeah. And then uh, we should just switch that around. We should just do that first so that we can tell people uh, on the actual show. Well, if in the course of this episode, you can dig up a recommendation from somebody. Me? Yeah. Yeah. Then, uh, then we'll do that. This week's episode comes by way of Daniel who is an economist that I interviewed for the Buns podcast and as actually uh, was at a dinner party that Andrew was at. And he suggested that we do a Guy Pierce episode, but like not Memento, which is yeah. kind of still not a hidden gem, but I don't know, not a lot of people have seen it. Yeah, it's a great movie. I watched that in school for some, I don't know, you know, like, when you're a kid and you think of your teachers as being like these really old adults that 
when they come up and they're like, oh, we're going to watch this movie to learn about this. And you're like, oh, that's crazy, sweet movie day. But then when you get older, you realize that they're probably the same age you are now or younger. And they just saw something that they really thought was cool and may or may not be appropriate to show their kids, but they do it anyway. Or in uh, in my case, music sometimes. Every well. once in a while, movie day was just because, oh, you know, like I have a hangover. Yeah. So today's just movie day. I'm going to put my head down on my desk. <laughs> I don't know if I ever heard a teacher like cop to that, but we definitely watched some pretty sick movies. Gladiator. Oh, that, nice. was, that was history class. But I mean, realistically, there's probably actually it's not bad. You know, and, anyway, well, that's like a whole other topic. But w- were you not entertained? I was very entertained. And the other thing was it ma- it did make me interested to learn more. Would you like to era. know more? Um. Those are two movie references there. Uh, it's probably w- much lamer if I if I point them out. But anyway, uh, this week's you gotta love it. The hidden gem is a movie by the name of Ravenous, nineteen ninety nine. Yeah, Czech American slasher horror is how it was classified, I believe. There's like comedy elements though. And the yeah. the music is like straight out of like an indie hipster movie. It's terrifying. It's like okay, you know, here's the thing. The f- and I I liked it, but it's kind of nightmare inducing because, you know, when you, it's very popular in crime movies, for them to juxtapose, or we even talked about it in Suicide Squad to juxtapose. I mean, now it's kind of played out. You juxtapose like a a song that wouldn't normally be associated with you know like you have like the opera and like people are being killed or in the case of Goodfellas that. Uh, Fuck, what was the song? Can't even remember right now. Oh, my God. I'm so ashamed. All but you I'm, know what I'm talking about. Yeah. All I'm thinking of right now, though, is... Um, America. Uh, Times They Are Changing. Bob the, Dylan, Beginning of Watchmen. The Rob Zombie... Um, the second Rob Zombie horror film. This House is of a Thousand Corpses. Sequel to A House of a Thousand Corpses. Uh, where Leonard Skinner's playing, and they're, like, running towards the cops. Hmm. Do not remember. But yeah, in any case. What's that movie called? It's going to kill me now. Uh, uh, I know what it's called. It's like my favorite horror movie of all time, and I'm drawing a blank. Yeah. It's going to, as soon as we stop thinking about it, we're going to think of it. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, juxtaposing. This, yeah, songs. and this was like the weirdest example of that. That Because to me, it almost didn't, with except maybe one scene, that didn't seem intentional. Mm-hmm. There's like this weird... Um, it's like the score of the movie too. It's not like a song, like no, a, no. like a, a song. It's like a period. So to set it up, uh, if you have not seen this movie or heard of it, I remember seeing trailers for this movie, like ads, when I was a kid. I had no idea what out. I was walking into. It came out in '99, and I remember being kind of disturbed, not really understanding what it was about, but being disturbed enough that I was like, "I'm never going to watch this movie." Because it clearly is about some sort of cannibalism or something, mm-hmm. right? Which is heavily hinted at in the advertising. I remember. Um, and rightfully so, but it's like a it's like a frontier era horror movie, basically where Guy Pierce is like some soldier who gets sent to some like ranking officer who gets sent to this like a remote outpost in the Sierra Sierra Nevada, Nevada um, where there's like a basically a skeleton crew. It's like a trading post almost, like a, a post for people to like come by and they can rest before continuing on through the mountains. And this like guy wanders in during a blizzard who they rescue and t- tells them the story of how he was with this like convoy where the guy that was leading them went crazy and started eating everybody. Basically, that's just the gist. It kind of reminded me of Cannibal the Musical. 
just because there's like a there's an element of comedy to the movie also like yeah it's weird though let's well let's come back to that element of comedy because it's very okay but so you know there's there's actually a number of twists some of which i'd like to talk about spoiler alert now um but yeah so it was like this weird there's not like rock music or rap music or anything like that you know even though the movie was done in 99 and there was obviously um that they had those options available to them. It's like a weird, like... It sounds like music from, uh, like, the mall scene of a John Hughes movie or something. It, it's very... Yeah. There's, uh, like, an underlying creepiness, though, to all of it. Like, there's a... in There would be, like, a like almost like a... But then over top of that, it would be, like, a harmonica or, like, some sort of weird folk instrument doing this, like, cheerful melody. Mm-hmm. And that was, like, a recurring... That was, like, the score to the movie. There was, like, this recurring thing. But what might be happening on screen is a guy just like gutted somebody and you know that this guy like eats people and now he's like in the middle of the woods and these people are like running these soldiers are running and it's like it made it extremely horrific but in like a weirdly yeah like you said like a b movie almost funny kind of is very strange so they rescue you know i'm just gonna fully spoil the the movie they rescue this guy and he tells him the story about how uh, they had to eat people to survive. They were stuck out in the wilderness in this cave and there were some important people with him. So he convinces them to go with him to get the bodies back. Yeah, or to save the woman if she's still alive because he said there was a woman with them. <clears throat> yeah, who could potentially be alive. And when they get there, they come to find that there were more bodies there than he said there were. Yeah. And they're all like picked clean. Yeah. Essentially. And they realize like, wait, this guy is the cannibal. And halfway through the little journey that they they go through, he's doing some weird shit anyway. Yeah, but like licking somebody's open wound. Yeah, while yeah. he sleeps. Yeah, yeah, and so the the rest of the movie. Well, no, I shouldn't say the rest because it because there's a pretty significant twist like halfway think, through. Yeah. yeah, you think it's gonna play out like just one know, guy picking off. He, he's a chasing bunch of them down or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And eating them one by one. But and then. There was a point where I was like, oh, wait, does eating people make you a vampire or something? Because yeah. like, that's what I thought Wendigo, was happening. The Wendigo. Right, that right. legend. Yeah. But um, The Wolverine villain, Wendigo. What happens is Guy Pierce's character is running away from him and finds a hiding spot and is stuck there because of an injury and his, like his, not friend, but a guy that he was traveling with is there dead as well. And in order to survive... Or I shouldn't say in order to survive because I don't think hunger had set in at that point. But the idea was put in his mind earlier that if he ate another person's body, it would heal him. Yeah. So he goes and eats somebody's body and lo and behold, he's healed mm-hmm. and he's able to make it back to the outpost. Yes. Where the other guy is now clean cut and it's fucking, yeah. It's so weird. I like, I won't get, that's not even a full spoiler. Yeah. There's like another half movie that goes on totally this. it's so it absolutely and that and i kind of like that like it's weird because this isn't really this isn't my style i'll say that up front this type of movie and mm-hmm. i was kind of like dreading going into it partially because of uh held over reluctance to watch it from childhood when a, an ad for it freaked me out and partially just because i'm like ah, oh, this isn't really like my thing i don't know that much about this movie going in but i know enough to know that it's probably gonna bug me but I couldn't help but feel at the end of the movie, I was like, yeah, that was, 
like I enjoyed that somehow in some weird way. <laughs> like it was like really, it was well, very strange. It's refreshing because, well, okay, hold on. Before I go on and, and tell you what I think about it, I, I, I'll first say that I don't know that everyone who watches this movie will enjoy it. Sure. But if you are someone who consumes a lot of films, like obviously Andrew and I do, I think that you will enjoy this movie because... It's kind of refreshing. Yeah, it, it's... It takes the usual tropes that you would expect out of a film like this and changes them just enough that you're like, oh, weird. Yeah. But there's also just some weird stuff that goes on that, like, I don't really understand. Like, yeah, uh, I made, I made David no- Arquette's character. Yeah, I made notes early uh, that I stopped making notes because I started really, like, just being like, oh, okay, now I'm just, like, watching this movie. But one thing that was out of the gates weird that I just became so used to quickly was the acting is fucking weird as shit in this movie like they kind of try to explain it but like the guy the the religious guy like the camp uh parishioner or whatever yeah like there's straight up scenes that i don't understand it almost feels like it's a scene from one of those like the worst movies in the world where like you know like where the noises he's making or his reaction to something does not correspond to what's happening right but not in like an intentionally comical way just in a way where it's like what the fuck where he'd be like the camera would be on his face and there'd be nobody around him nothing happening to him and he'd be like uh, uh, making like weird noises or something yeah. and then something would happen and he'd go like and make like a weird like there's a lot of these weird disconnects where like things didn't really line but up it was obviously on purpose you think so oh yeah early on it didn't feel because it kind of like stopped happening Maybe because oh, those characters- I don't know. Like, okay, so it happened in the beginning of the movie, and then when the cannibal reveal happens, it becomes like more of a straight up, like weird horror thing. Mm-hmm. But then after that reveal, when it goes back to them being at camp and somebody shows back up again, it like almost comes back to this whole comical, weird, weirdly overacted. Like, yes, it's almost but- like a dark comedy. Yeah, but, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like there was uh, intentional comedic performances about, like, okay, we're in this situation. Like, let's make light of it by making, like, characters actually making jokes about horrible, horrible things that they're doing. Right. But, like, it was, like, David Arquette's character, the guy that played the the religious dude, the... um, there's just like weird, they're just like weirdly, like I was kind of like, ah, that's a weird decision. Cause I, it, it I wasn't like a joke. It wasn't like a, somebody making light of a situation. It was just somebody rea- like, it was almost like the reactions, you know, when like the doctor hits you on the knee and your reflex, you know, you, right. you have the reflex. It was like maybe in editing or in post something had, there needed to be something there that I was missing. And it, they, it was jarring to me. Like there would be like a weird disconnect that if it was sure, if it was planet terror or like, or like, but. Death I wouldn't even proof, li- it would like make sense, but in this, it didn't wasn't consistently like that. It almost reminded me, like it was shot in the style of like Glory Days or something. Do you know what I mean? Like it kind of felt like that same sort of movie, hmm. but with a horror. I don't even know how to explain it. Weird. Like, and then there's some weirdly it's not gorgeous a, shots. It's not a comedy, no. But it definitely like is shot in the style of a comedy. Almost. I also, don't know it's how to hard to it. not picture uh, what's his name, Jeffrey Jones, the guy that uh, the principal from Ferris Bueller's Day Off, who yeah. has a shadowy real life history. But does he? I, yeah, he was like arrested for child pornography 
in like the early 2000s. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and he, I think he, I don't know if he did like time, but he served a sentence of some sort, form or another. And it, I don't know if it destroyed his career, but it certainly, certainly sort of in retrospect torpedoed his, I don't know, roles that he had played in the past. But I still sure. couldn't see, I instantly just saw him as that principal and I fucking love that movie. So it was like, yeah, yeah. even if it wasn't a comedy, you put that guy in it and it's just like, oh, he's just kind of like a comical figure almost. Like he's... It's worth mentioning that everyone in this film, aside from the the Aboriginal um, characters, seem to, seem to be in a bunch of other films. Yeah, it wasn't a necessary... I mean, maybe. I don't know, depending on the... Yeah, it's weird. Like, That's a good point. All of them yeah. had gone on to do other things for yeah. sure. Even the cannibal, especially. I, I can't even... I wish That's I had... That's the guy from... Uh, isn't that the guy from... Uh, oh, I could be totally wrong. Train spotting, The, like, violent guy? Y- y- yes, I think it is. Why well, can't I remember his name? Robert something? I don't know. I, I, I just know that every everyone that popped up in this movie, I was like, oh, I've seen him in this. I've seen him in, you know, them in that. It was an uh, interesting... Interesting film. Yeah, there was... It was... I'm having like a lot of trouble talking about it only because I am having trouble even having watched it not minutes ago. Like I watched, you know, yesterday or the day before whenever. Yeah. Yesterday, like processing it is weird. I can't, I liked it. I came out of it after it. I was like, that was really fucked up and a very weird concept. And there's like a lot of like gross ideas in there, but like, I was just like, Oh yeah. Like that was, well, that's what I think that's kind of goes along with what I was saying earlier that if you watch a lot of movies, you'll probably like this film because it challenges you. It's not the same sort of like, you know, here's point. Okay. So unlike the next movie we're about to talk about, which plays out exactly as you would expect it to play out. Mm -hmm. This film is like, kind of turns it on its head halfway through and you're like, Oh, kind of like like um, two, there's two moments I would say specifically in this movie where it's just like, Oh shit, this kind of reframes things significantly. You know, I wouldn't say that it's necessarily as good as these films, but in the same way that Ten Cloverfield Lane still haven't seen it uh, does some weird stuff, or Place Beyond the Pines does some weird stuff, where oh, that's you you think it's going to be movie. one movie and it's another movie entirely. Yeah. Although Place Beyond the Pines is like, it's like upper echelon, but I love that film. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. Um, anyway, that movie Place Beyond the Pines just quickly is like. The way that, uh, what's that other movie? You know, like the, the fuck, there's nominated for all those awards that like filmed the kid at various points. Oh, Boyhood? Ago. Boyhood. I'm not like, I haven't actually seen it, so I'm not going to shit all over it. But I will say that there's people that try to like do these artistic, these like incredibly in- epic undertakings yeah. to do what Place Beyond the Pines does perfectly, which is like a generational you know, yeah. like it's like a story. Like, I don't want to say too much more about it if you've never seen that movie, but go watch The Place Beyond the Pines. Cause especially right after seeing like Drive and Ryan Gosling's star kind of rising yeah. in those kind of films, you go into it based on the trailers, expecting it to be essentially like a heist movie starring Ryan Gosling almost as the same character. No, don't even say any more than that. Just, okay. just that's because I will say that I saw it in theaters with Elise. I also saw it in theaters. And I was just like, whoa, yeah. what is this movie? Yeah, it's wicked. What is this movie? That's a hidden gem, too. That's a hidden, sure. gem. hidden I mean, gem. We we both saw it in theaters, but I feel like most people have Definitely. not seen this movie at all. 
that's a bonus. That's a bonus uh, suggestion, right there. Um, but yeah, so back to ravenous. I just yeah, I don't really know. I can't just put, I can't put my finger on it. But like, there's but things I, that. So I think this ravenous does that to a to oh, a yeah, lesser degree. Sure. But like, definitely. And I think that's why it's hard for us to describe because if you yeah. haven't seen it, we could describe the plot for you entirely, and it still wouldn't have the same effect as you seeing it. Yeah. And uh, the other thing is I kind of went into it expecting it to be sort of like scary. That's not really, I wouldn't use that word to describe it, even though what's it's, in, it's intended to be like, it's classified. If you were to go on like IMDb or like Wikipedia or whatever, it right. would say like slasher horror type, you know, like that's, yeah. the but like watching it, knowing even just a little bit about like that, oh, there's cannibalism. I kind of went into it being like, okay, this is going to kind of probably bother me a little bit. But like, I would say like at the 30% of the way through that movie, I was just like, oh, okay, well, like I know it's kind of like all the cards are on the table. Even though there are twists, it's not like, ooh, this guy's going to set a trap. Like you just know what people's intentions are pretty quickly. And you're just like, okay, so Mm -hmm. it's just going to be people. There's one guy trying to eat other people and like whatever. It's not like Silence of the Lambs where it's like super psychological. It's just like, all right, here we are in the wilderness. Looking at the poster art, I thought it was going to be... Sort of keep bringing this up. But but no, no, I thought it was going to be more of like a Lars von Trier-esque thing where like like it has like the the guy with the bloody cross on his forehead. I thought it was just going to be a guy that went nuts and started fucking eating all his friends like secretly kind of like oh, yeah. doing all this weird shit and you'd like see him like Wah. but it wasn't that at all <laughs> and the opening too when like he's at that dinner and it's just like showing all the soldiers like oh. being brutally killed and they're all like eating meat at the same time Ugh. yeah it was gross anyway moving on there was a lot of blood though oh yeah for like a yeah there's a definitely a lot of blood in this movie <laughs> Oh, there's no shortage not, of that. Not like Evil Dead, but or but or the Army of Darkness, but like there's definitely a. F- yeah, it bo- it does borderline on a ridiculous, but not like spurting out of places. It's just like people are constantly bleeding, mm. all the time. That's gross. Yeah. Anyway, kind of so, reminded me of. Uh, have you seen the season of the Eric Andre show? The new season. The like the latest one. No. Whenever he's interviewing someone. He's just like bleeding out of somewhere, just like a little <laughs> bit, like out of his nose or just like blood's dripping down his head, but it has nothing to do with anything. Anyway, uh, that's a, that's a story for another time. Okay. But on to the film Lockout, Guy which Pierce. is about a disgraced ex-CIA agent who gets wrapped up in something that is bigger than him and gets caught. And the only way to redeem himself is to get shot into space and save the president's daughter. And I said this to you while we were From watching... a maximum security prison co- penal colony that exists in low orbit. Yeah. And I said this to you while watching it. It reminds me of the video game Bad Dudes, in which is it. like some ninjas captured the president's daughter. Are you bad enough to save her? And that's the... That's Was the it like an indie game? I don't bad Dudes? This. Yeah, I don't remember this game at all. Are you... Dude, what from what era? What just, system was this? It was on? like arcade, uh, Nintendo. Nah, I don't remember this at all. Google it right now. I'll Googling. wait. I'll wait. Uh, anyway, so yeah, he, the president's daughter is like a psychologist or something, and she's going to check out the facilities in this low orbit prison to make sure that prisoners aren't being mistreated. And while she's there, 
her Secret Service agent smuggles on a gun for seemingly no reason. Yeah. And I and, guess he's just paranoid, but yeah, you would think he would be the first person to follow protocol in a situation like that? Of course, one of the prisoners gets his hand on said gun. Yo, this just looks like, like Double Dragon. And all... Yeah. It's two bad dudes who go and save the president's like daughter rivers, from rivers. ninjas. It's like the in the style of River City Ransom, Double Dragon, Battletoads. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember it, but yeah. Wow, yeah. that's that's madness to me because like, that was like one of the big ones for me. Hmm. And anyway, I guess you weren't bad enough to save the president's daughter. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Andrew just showed me a screenshot of the two of the said bad dudes flanking the president like secret service agents. And it says the end. He appears to be eating like a hamburger or something. The president. Anyway. Uh, yeah. Going, moving on. Yeah. So she gets captured. Of course. They don't know that it's a president's daughter and they're like the By only Cassidy. Yeah. Preacher slash. I don't know. He was, he was in remember. the movie infiltrator or, is it, yeah, Infiltrator with Brian Cranston, my, my suggestion from last week. Uh, but anyhow, uh, they shoot him out into space because he's the only one who's willing to risk his life to save her because he has nothing. I mean, they kind of coerce him into doing it. Okay, but can we talk about that for a second? This is, first of all, this is the you gotta love it. Do we say that already? Yeah, well, it should be obvious at this yeah. point. Okay. Uh, if you're threatening somebody, if you're if, if somebody commits a violent crime and the new way of prison is just sending them into space to go into stasis. Oh, for like th- yeah, we didn't mention that part. Stasis. They, se- they yeah, send them they into space. They put you into stasis. So like, where's the punt? Like, you just go to sleep and wake up 30 years later and your sentence is done. I don't, it like completely defeats the purpose of serving time because yeah. like they're not even aware of the time that's passing. It would literally be like, I mean, ostensibly it would be like, you know, in any other movie where you get put into like deep sleep and then you wake up and there's some shitty effects, but it's just like, okay, you murdered 14 people. Like you're a serial killer. We gave you 75 years in prison, but to you, it just felt like you just went to sleep and woke up. Yeah. Like what? I don't understand where the, where the punishment is. Yeah. I mean, and there's no way of, for them to know that they're going to be experimented on or something. Right. I guess unless the punishment was like, near indefinite where it's like rather than it's like oh yeah more you just get put in an ice block forever then putting them to death they just are there which seems equally st- like what's the seems like a waste of resources anyway whatever so that's a thing but yeah so guy pierce they're like yo we're gonna sentence you to 30 years for this thing that you may or may not have actually done no he saw it with his own eyes though right sorry <sighs> The uh, the guy who is the replacer from the Call of Duty ads and the crazy Russian guy from Bad Boys 2. <laughs> Speaking of, there's going to be a Bad Boys 3. With Will Smith and Martin Lawrence? Oh, yeah. They both signed on. Okay. All right. I see you, Will Smith. I see you. You just did Suicide Squad, and now you're doing Bad Boys 3. All right. Whatever. Didn't want to do Independence Day 2 Michael for Bay, some reason. But we'll do Bad Boys 3. Okay. <clears throat> I don't really understand, but whatever. We'll see what happens. I feel like Jeff Goldblum would be a better co-star than Martin Lawrence. Yeah, I'm not a huge Martin Lawrence Cat- fan. I'll be honest. Cachet-wise, yeah. Um, anyway, Jeff Goldblum would be a great co-star for anybody. He's yeah. just a he would he could that's be what in I mean. everything, and it would be I would be okay with it. That's what I mean. Like I think Samuel I would Jackson. rather do a movie with Jeff Goldblum than Martin Lawrence. 
Yeah. But let's rewind back to lockout. Goes into space. Yeah. To save the president's daughter. Yeah. Uh, has a side mission. He's got to find out what's happening with his buddy. Fucking, there's so many. I don't know. I don't even want to. We don't. I, need didn't, to, we I didn't don't need to outline the movie. plot. I didn't hate it. Yeah. No. Not only did I not hate it. I would it, say I loved it, but I like liked it. Yeah. You you could easily watch it and be like, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. The effects like the effects were oh, yeah. decent for the most part, except for there's one high speed chase that it feels like you're watching like a fourth year animation students like yeah like a fanfic like for yeah and if it was that you'd be like oh wow that's pretty impressive that this person did that on their own but when you're watching it you're like what is happening here it's like okay you know what it is it's like one of those youtube sci-fi shows that you see yeah and people make you're like oh cool but like it's obviously green screen yeah nothing has weight like there's no like things move way too quickly and like there's no attention to like there's no like algorithms running that allowed them to generate you know things that we take for granted in other films, you know, right. like particles and things that make sense. You're just like watching it like, holy shit. Everything is like, oh, everything is like light speed. Right. Um, but then everything else after that, it's like they spent all the money on like the sets well, and the effects at the end. It was, uh, and I mentioned this to you while we were watching, cause we actually watched this one together was the one scene that looked like it was poorly made was the one scene where, the spaceships and the motorcycles and all that stuff, there was also a person in it with them. All the other scenes where it was just spaceships or uh, space stations or jets or whatever it was, while CG looked like CG in, you know, on par with Gods of Egypt, which was like millions and millions of dollars. Yeah. You know, but it was just that one scene Looked a little chintzy, but the rest Man, of it was, was good. So bad, Gods of Egypt. That does like the design <laughs> choices were just terrible. Uh, so I was listening to another podcast, and they mentioned <clears throat> that they wanted this was supposed to be the start of a a multi picture franchise. Gods of Egypt, yeah. Like they were investing in it heavily, like they would invest in say uh, a Dark Knight or something. Wow. They were like, "This is going to be the next thing. This this is going to be the next IP." Uh, anyway, somebody, we, several missteps there for sure. Yeah. Well, okay. But speaking of missteps, I don't, I feel like this movie doesn't make that many missteps. We we were talking about how Guy Pierce's character is very aloof. He's got a lot of quips. Yeah. But it, it doesn't always, I mean, there were one or two times where it felt like a cheesy one-liner, but yeah. for the most part, you're like, ah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I liked when he was on the, st- <laughs> when he was on the space station or whatever, that the, the police space station they were approaching the thing and they're just like oh okay like maybe maybe we don't need you to go in after all or something and his reaction was just like all right cool man like (laughs) yeah like he's in this insane situation where he's either gonna have to go to prison for 30 years or like go on this like suicide mission essentially and he's like so give no shits but it like felt in that one scene like he's like "Eh." and they're like no 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 like don't go anywhere We're, we're still gonna use you and he's just like ah okay it like was it's a, just like somebody being like, hey, can you go to the corner store to pick this up? Yeah, all right. And then they're like, oh, wait, wait, wait. No, we don't need it. All right, fucking whatever. I didn't want to go to the corner store anyway. Like, he's just like... There was a scene that's a good, like, eight minutes long where he's just like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I'm not going to go there. I, like, fuck you. I don't need to help you. You made this mess. You clean it up. And then, like, a character comes in and secretly tells him, like, hey, the guy that you're looking for is also on the space station. You should probably go. It's just like, oh, I was just kidding. I'm definitely going. <laughs> Yeah, and there's, yeah, I don't it, know. There's I mean, it doesn't moments. sound 
like well, obviously I don't have the delivery, but it was right. in the moment it was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely bits and pieces. The relationship dynamic is pretty awful. The damsel she she reminds me of the princess from You want to talk about one-sided, like one-dimensional well, characters. She reminds me of the princess from the Zelda cartoon. Hmm. If you, the relationship they have is very much that Zelda. I don't know if you remember the Zelda cartoon where like his, his catchphrase was like, excuse me, princess. And that's exactly, <laughs> that was everything that happened in this film. He like literally risked his life to save her. And she'd be like, you're not very good at saving me. Yeah. It, but it's, what's weird about it is it's not as if her character in the rest of the movie when interacting with other people is from like a privileged perspective or, yeah. you know, she takes this, holier than thou attitude with everybody it just so happens that with him she's just like sassy for no reason yeah 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 that was pretty stupid uh the the one thing that uh didn't didn't stop me from enjoying the movie this i complain about this a lot mm. but i was just saying it's not even a complaint as much as it is an ask of the people in hollywood and the people writing movies but like i was saying to to Koji when we were watching it that like it's funny to me that like science fiction as like a genre is almost like an excuse for most people to just be like oh it's just set in the future and we don't have to like people aren't going to care they're not going to ask questions about anything right. if there's something that's a crucial plot device maybe we'll try to explain it a little bit because people are idiots and are not going to get it like I don't know how they but it's so rare that you see like I would argue that Game of Thrones and like Lord of the Rings for fantasy as novels and as film properties sure. or like TV shows, they they don't dumb everything down necessarily for their audience. And there's like an attention to detail that makes things seem authentic. And in science fiction, usually when that happens, it's not a movie that's as as epic as Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings. It'd be like a Solaris or like a moon, you know, like oh, where it's great. like a, it's more psychological and they don't really pay attention to the technology, but the technology makes. So I just, what I'm getting at is it's kind of, almost starting to bug me how often it almost seems like 90s or early 2000s tv quality the tech the te you know they're just like yeah just enhance enhance okay you're gonna go to docking bay level five and they just use words that right. are, you know and it's just sort of like you're like none of this it's starting to get to the point where i want to see a science fiction film or science fiction property that like makes at least the the people writing it and creating it make at least a bit of an effort. I feel like okay. video games are well, taking huge strides to do that, on. but yeah. Cuz the other side of the coin is you get a movie like Cloud Atlas. Right. Where the future scenes like so they try and write it the language is different because it's evolved. Mm -hmm. You know, there's all this other shit that's going on, but then you watch it and you're like, "What the fuck is this?" I like I don't know if you like that movie, but I didn't. No. I I guess I just mean like, I think that I use this example when we're watching it, like Mass Effect, which is an epic game trilogy. So there's a little bit more content to absorb than in an hour and a half movie. But mm -hmm. I think that they did a really good job of like not, the information is there if you look for it. Like there's not like, it's the ships, the technology tends to make sense and they explain how everything works from like a pseudo scientific or straight up scientific way. Right. And another example I used was like the books, like I'm, I haven't watched the show yet, but you lent me, uh, Leviathan wakes, like the first book in the expanse don't, series. Don't watch the show. I mean, if you're a fan of the books, I would say, <clears throat> yeah, I don't really have plans to watch, watch it, the show maybe because you're a fan of the books, but like the show does not remotely right. do justice. 
Well, that's when that's what I was about to say is I feel like it would be hard unless you get the right people that are willing to go the distance. Like reading that book to me, it felt like I was like, oh, okay, like there's things that they don't dumb down for the sake of having explosions and like, a, you know, like almost every nerd, I feel like they will constantly mention when there's like explosions in space and there's like sounds and stuff. People are just like, okay, well, we now know that you can't in, hear anything. In, in yeah, in vacuum, but like for the sake of like, an, an action-packed, you know, and then occasionally you will see a film that, like, acknowledges those things, and you they get points for that. Like, in my book and in most people that are into, like, you're just kind of like, oh, it's cool that they did it that way, because it, right. it just kind of grounds it a little bit. It's almost, for me, it's like the equivalent of watching Mr. Robot and being totally. like... Totally, with, like, oh, computers. Yeah, these guys aren't, like, looking at, like... Uh, Wearing sunglasses some and, like... code that's, like, scrolling across the screen like a worm or something. It's just like, yeah. no, this is just, like, the, the real commands. Like, in one of the most recent episodes season two they're talking about yeah they're talking about like root ssh root and stuff which is like pure linux nerd shit but i'm like oh yeah this is like they don't show you everything from start to finish but i'm like if you were to try and do something like this these are the things that you would type in to get it going yeah and and it's it's well well it doesn't actually add anything to the story per se it, it, it lends an air of authenticity to the entire experience, which is important. Yeah, I think, and for me, you know, I've, I've had this discussion a lot with people where it's like, well, where do you like draw the line between taking the fun out of something, quote unquote, and like just having, you know, enjoying something as like entertainment and like having it be too serious. But right. I think that almost universally, <laughs> movies that, unless you love just watching kind of shitty movies, like that's something that you just like have fun watching things that are really bad and don't even begin to pay attention to that. A lot of the movies that are, that people seem to enjoy the best do those things, whether it's um, thinking everything through so that a plot makes sense or those details, like even take like superhero movies, like the Batman movies, like Christopher Nolan's Batman movies, you know, it's, it's arguable like how much attention to these things there are, but a lot of it to me felt more grounded than a lot of these other and it, that's what I love about it. It's like it it's be- a level of commitment on everyone's parts, not just the totally. actors, but the writers, the yeah. set designers. Everyone's committed. For sure. But to bring it back around to Lockout, yeah, I will say that I felt like the actors in this film were were fully committed, yeah, to their characters, sure. and I think that's where we both were able to pull some enjoyment out of this film because yeah. the way that they portrayed each character, you know, the guy who plays Cassidy, who. Uh, from Preacher, whose name escapes me, played the psychopath to a T. Yeah. The guy who plays the cop. CIA, the CIA guy, the the dude from Walking Dead and Snatch. Oh, no, him too. Yeah, no, that's what I mean. Like, he's, like, his, like, tics, like, his, like, eating, you know, and, yeah, like, yeah. his glasses, it felt almost like a political thriller or something. Like, he was, like, so right, there's right. definitely... Even the bad cop. They weren't phoning it in. No, 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 no. It, it was surprisingly well done for a movie that is not that good yeah or yeah totally <laughs> do you know <laughs> yeah, what i mean like, perfect way to say. and even the sets we were kind of talking about like i felt like the sets on the space station were pretty good like it yeah. felt kind like you know it didn't feel um overblown or under produced if that makes sense yeah. like it was like you're like okay it's what i expect but like not in like a there's all the elements of a good movie in this movie yeah it just isn't so there's a lot that, you know to bring it back around to the you gotta love it there's a lot to love in this film and i kind of looking back on it now just talking about it thinking about it 
it's almost like an underdog. You like you the want entire it to be time better? I was watching it, I was like, oh, I want this to be good because like so many things about this, you know, it's a confluence of events. I felt it uh, to a l- much lesser degree when I was watching Suicide Squad. When I saw the actors portraying, like I don't even know El Diablo as a comic book character, right? And I don't know, um, you know, uh, the witch, whatever her name Enchantress. is, Enchantress, as a comic book character. But the entire time, I'm like, oh, I want this. Like I even you saw, want it to be, yeah. You're I pulling saw a, for them. A you're gift like, the other day of the, the hand like, thing, hand in hand, and it flips over. And, you know, it was on 9Gag or whatever, and it said best part of the movie. And they're so right. Yeah. There's all these elements where you're like, oh, there's so many cool things that, like, they they had created things that were cool, but did not they didn't put it together it right. in the yeah. right way. Totally. Yeah, there's, the, yeah, for sure. There's, like, the makings of just, like, a fun, like, live free or die hard, kind of like a, you know, like, it could just be, it almost felt like it could have been, like, the chronicles of, a, like, a... a well, but even even like uh, he could have been Guy Pierce's character could have been very much like the the guy from uh, um, Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, you know, Star-Lord. like this yeah. kind of like aloof. What like he had the makings of a of an interesting character, but it felt almost like now that I've mentioned it, it did to me feel like a less good like for me less enjoyable. But it felt like it could have been like Die Hard in space. Like it's like you take a guy who gets put in a situation where like when the movie starts, he's just doing something fairly routine, you know? And then all of a sudden he's like, all right, got to go save the president's daughter on a fucking space station. Mm -hmm. And he's kind of like a wisecracking, give no fucks. Like he's been in every situation before, so he can always like Jerry rig a way out of it. Yeah. And like, you know, it kind of felt like that, but as a standalone thing. Maybe, Maybe he's just disgraced and they kind of, sentence him to be the janitor on this like prison yeah. full of like frozen dudes or whatever and this bad thing happens and they, he's like they somehow get in contact with him like uh fucking carl winslow gets in contact yeah. with uh <laughs> with um mclean john mclean you know and it, yeah you know it, it definitely easily could have been that and that probably would have been a lot of fun because again the characters are it could have been just called good. die hard lockout <laughs> or like die hard 20 20- 75 or whenever this takes place die hard x yeah like jason cool. x jason x in space but yeah it's uh anyway or how about lep in space who lep in space oh, leprechaun? leprechaun yeah leprechaun. or, or lep in the hood <laughs> haven't seen that one well, well haven't seen either of those. missing out <laughs> uh, anyway but yeah it's uh yeah, I'm just sick of seeing people just like smash panels with the butt of their gun and it locks a door. Like what? Yeah. That doesn't make any sense. It would actually have been funnier if the opposite oh. happened. Although there was one that one part we both chuckled at at the beginning. I wish there had been more humor like that where like Guy Pierce is there's like a chase scene and he's like oh, running yeah. on these rooftops <laughs> <laughs> with with this like suitcase. Yeah. And he jumps and it goes into like slow motion. Like he jumps across, you know, he jumps off from the one roof building, of the building to another to try to like go th- break through the window of like a lower apartment. Yeah. Which happens countless times in like Hollywood. Like the Matrix action. or yeah, whatever. Constantly. It's yeah, always yeah. happening. But when he hits the window, it doesn't break. He just kind of like hits it and it looks incredibly painful. Like he probably like broke a rib or something and like the grass cracks a little or the glass cracks a little bit, but like not even close to shattering. And then he just ends up falling like three floors through like 
you know, a fire escape and shit and hits the street. And you're yeah. just like, oh, that... Because you don't really see it coming. The movie already feels predictable enough that you're right. like, oh, he's escaping. He's going to like go down through this house and there's going to be like guys coming through the house shooting at him. Yeah, yeah. And it just kind of like catches you off guard where you're just like, ha. It, yeah. it also has an interest, interesting comedic timing of after he falls, like a good three or four seconds later, the, the case that he was carrying like almost falls on him, yeah, yeah. which is just like absurd when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah, it w- actually would have been a lot more interesting if the movie kind of followed that like i would like to see a movie like this where in a chase like that where somebody just trips because like there's no way you're running across rooftops and your foot placement is like you know it's a treacherous place it's, right it'd be funny to just see somebody like fall down in a situation where that's the last thing that they want to be doing and it would it would have fit the character too like he would have just tripped over and like some guy standing over him with a gun and be like well you got me <laughs> yeah. you know anyway yeah there yeah yeah I think this brings up uh, a bigger issue that we are starting to have. We're like bad movies. The bar is set so low that we're just like, ah, oh, that was fine. Yeah. This yeah. is like a becoming like a slow social experiment where if you've <laughs> listened to every episode of our podcast, we started out being like, gah, this fucking movie was so, there was, it was so difficult to find anything to love about this. And now people are like, yo, this movie blows. And we watched it and we're just like, eh. But you know, it was it was pretty good. Like overall, there are some stinkers. Like oh, I, yeah. Paul Blart, Mall Cop Two for me. Still, is still, but that was still early. That was like episode nine or something or eight. Like that was sure. But it was so hard. Yeah, it was so. They definitely so still hard. exist, but it softened me a little oh, bit. Speaking of Paul Blart, Mall Cop Two, if we loop how, back around, how can I just stop you for a second? Yeah. How are you gonna segue? Well, Based on that. the bad guy in Paul Bart Mall Cop oh, 2 yeah. is, is in, in Ravenous. Ravenous. Yeah. He's also the guy, He's he plays a, a bad guy with, he's very recognizable. He's almost albino like Ice blue eyes with like blonde hair. He's I can't in, remember his name either. He's in Arrow. He's in uh, the show Justified. Uh, he always plays the same sort of like weird mystical psychopath type characters. Um, anyway... Uh, interesting. He's in Red too, I think, as well. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, to go back to what I was saying, I really want you guys to challenge us with some serious bullshit. You know? Yeah. Like, don't. You know, no disrespect to what's been chosen recently or so far, because it's been a great time. But like, you know, don't be like, oh, well, Nick Cage is sometimes a bad actor, so I'm going to pick like a. A kind of a bad Nicolas Cage movie. Like, mm-hmm. I want to see a movie that has nobody in it that I've ever seen before. That's well, like just like tear. I don't know if Nick Cage is a good example because, like, if if you, you know, the one where I think it's called Knowing, or whatever, right, with the numbers, that movie is utter dog shit. Or the one no, where I, no, he I can know. like see into the past. Yes. Oh no, my god. I'm not. I'm just saying, like, but even by our standards, it'd be dog shit. I'm, I'm telling you, man. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. I've seen Knowing. I hated that. I well, just actually, I guess what I, what I was getting at was just like there are movies that it's almost assumed that will be god awful, where it's like you could take like oh it's the new insert actor some they're hit or miss like Nick Cage is in some fucking amazing movies oh yeah like legitimately did. amazing movies adaptation raising Arizona bad fucking, lieutenant the first bad lieutenant no no bad lieutenant Port Porter Call Port, yeah yeah whatever uh, that was good. Matchstick men. Oh, yeah. I say matchstick men. You know, he's he's always in good stuff. But anyway, my point is just like, sure, maybe Nick Cage is a bad example, but like, 
I don't know. I feel like there's just people weren't like just dig dig deep into like your your re- your I, recall of. But like I think movies that we we've done this to ourselves, I mean, where if we had seen what any, am I asking for? I don't even know anymore. If we had seen any of these movies in a vacuum, yeah. right, like Lockout or whatever, even Wing Commander, right? The first time we saw it, we we're like, this is a brutal movie. But because we've sat through so many brutal movies, the bar's been raised. It's just it's so much harder to find something. Here's what I'm gonna say. Watch Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. Just watch it. <laughs> I'm I'm putting the challenge out there for you. You watch it and then be like, okay, I've got a movie that's worse than this movie. And then send it to me. Like uh, one that in my head I feel like would be a good example would be, which I have not seen. Mm. I think it was called Jack and Jill with Adam Sandler where he played both the guy and his sister or whatever. I think I, think I can one-up you on this. Okay, but okay. Mordecai starring Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Depp. Yeah, maybe I've never seen that either. Me either, but I feel like that just, could be up there. But by, by it just seems like utter dog shit. But okay, yeah, Jack and Jill maybe. Adam Sandler. Well, no, that's true. Uh, like the, post post nineties or like early two thousands. Like that that western one we just watched, Ridiculous Six. Yeah. I fucking hated it. Or like here would be a good one. Somebody f- tell me because I've never watched any of them. Mm. Throw some Tyler Perry at us. Like, really get in there because we oh, could see, find... I was thinking, like, get hard or something. We could like find that. some meat in a Tyler... I could... I know I could find some meat to... T- so, challenging me to love a Tyler Perry movie? Yeah. I, I don't want feel- to put suggestions in your mouths out there, listeners, but I'm just saying. I'm just giving you some, you yeah. know, some, some jump-off points. Like, really... I feel think- the same way about Kevin Hart, but whatever. A lot of people are going to disagree with me. He's, he's this era's... Um, Fuck, what was the Dane Cook. Ooh. He's just there as Dane Cook, man. Kevin Hart, I'm telling you. He just he just goes big. Yeah. You know? Like Dane Cook's entire comedy career. Now, recently he's changed his style entirely. And if you haven't checked it out, you should go on YouTube and check out New Dane Cook because it's like intelligent stand-up. But his old stand-up, like when he was mega, was just like Yelling. He would just say the same thing over and over and over again until people would laugh. He's like, you know, when like a guy crosses a street, you know, when a guy crosses the street and he would like mime crossing the street and he'd be like, he's crossing the street. <laughs> and then people would just laugh. And that was like, I'm like, that's not funny. That's not funny. Uh, making fun of it right now is funny, though. Anyway. I'm laughing at that impression more than I'm laughing at. My dog is, I upset my dog. Yeah. My dog doesn't like thinking either. To, she wants to know what's going on. Um, anyway, so yeah, we just, uh, you know, we're looking for, uh, looking for, like, really challenge us. Think about what film would make somebody miserable to watch. Not like Antichrist. Mm-hmm. More like, like, uh, I can't believe that I have to spend time watching this kind of miserable. Not like, this is going to traumatize me for the foreseeable future. I'm never going to look at some of these things the same way again. It's, well... You know what I will say though. Although I, I refuse to watch a Serbian film, which is the name of the film, because it is like grotesque in ways that you would not believe. But if you can find a movie like that, that is also poorly made, Ooh. you know, then then we'll we'll talk because the one thing that Antichrist had was that like it was a, a good movie. Like yeah. it was a well-made movie. So it wasn't bad. It was just the disturbing subject matter. Right. You know, it's like we need to talk about Kevin or something. Yeah. 
that's like a good movie, but like I'm like, ugh. I immediately want to take a shower and watch a comedy after I see a movie like that, you know? Yeah. Anyway. Well, yeah. Speaking of... Oh, well, there's no segue there. So, speaking of nothing. Recommendations. Recommendations. I have been reading a lot of comic books recently because you recommended some comic books to me. I just gave you the Rick Remender... Starter kit? Star- starter kit, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, I've been mowing down on fucking black science and deadly class like i read the whole thing in like two days of black science yeah yeah like three days maybe and then uh deadly class it's been like day two and i'm on whatever issue i'm on um and so my recommendation this week is gonna have to be a comic book and it is a series uh that i lend to everyone and it's called midnight nation i don't know did i Talk about I'd have recommended it. I remember early on because you lent it to me to read. I don't know if I did or not, but I'm going to recommend it again if I haven't already. Uh, it is a series about a cop who finds himself in a situation where he's investigating something and it becomes slightly supernatural. And then he finds himself in this world of forgotten things. So when people... like it. It's almost like the upside down in Stranger Things. It's the same world as ours, but it's neglected things. So, like, for example, no one uses payphones anymore. So the one way you can communicate with the other world is through payphones because everyone's forgot about them. There's a lot of homeless people there because they're, they go unsort of noticed by society, etc. And there's all sorts of weird paradoxical things. Like, uh, he meets himself in the future... Oh, I, you know what? I think I did recommend this. But anyway, he re- meets himself in the future and says like, hey, um, you don't get your soul back because he's missing his soul and we fail at doing this. And it's true, but it's also some weird thing. But then at the end of the comic book, you see him as an older man go and tell his younger self that same thing. And that's when I was, I was like, fuck, this is the best. Yeah, that's the shit cool. that I love. Um, J. Michael Straczynski, I think. Yep. JMS. Uh, also check out Rising Stars because that is a, another JMS classic. But yeah, comic books. Fucking. Oh, oh. Well, whatever. What were you going to say? There's another comic book that has nothing to do with JMS that I want to also read Morning Glories. It's like a better lost with students in a deadly high school. Very much like deadly class, except they can't leave. It's a boarding school. And. It's just laden with booby traps. They get there the first day and the door... That's what Morning Glories is about? Yeah. I didn't know that. The door to their class locks. So they're all special for whatever reason. We don't know why at the beginning. The door to the class locks. They can't get out. And suddenly the class just starts filling with water. Well, it's like uh, Kingsman. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they got to like figure out a way out. But like, unlike Kingsman, it's not like a test. Like the people, well, it is a test, but the people who run the school are seemingly evil. It's not, it's not like in Kingsman, you know, it's like training. Like they're like, oh yeah, you they're, need to. they're doing it. It's kind of like the, the scene from, um, men in black with Will Smith, where they're just like yeah, trying to see aptitudes, yeah, yeah. right? Where as in morning glories, where you're like, uh, like, why are these guys doing this? It seems like they're just trying to fuck with these kids. Yeah. Anyway. Check out all three of those comics that I just mentioned because I'm on a comic binge right now. So my recommendation is going to be 
a combination of themes from both Ravenous and Lockout. And it's... Uh, Space Cannibals? No. Oh. Not that way. It's... it's uh, Sunshine. The movie Sunshine. Mm. Um, Danny Boyle. And I'm recommending it because I feel like it's a hidden gem only because I have mentioned this movie to so many people. No, no, it's definitely a hidden gem. And like, even though he has movies like Train Spotting and Slumdog Millionaire that like everybody has seen, there are these other movies that he did kind of in between that seem to go unnoticed. And Sunshine to me is like the biggest example of that, where it's like this like indie sci-fi with a sick Chris Evans is in it, Killian Murphy. Rose Byrne, like the, it's got like a good cast, but sure. it's like, um, and I, it's, I love it. It's like one of my favorite films, but I, the, the way that it connects these two movies is that like Ravenous, there is a slasher-esque element to it mm-hmm. and like Lockout, it takes place on in space. In it's space. a space, a sci-fi movie. So I'm just kind of binding those two things. And I felt like the twist, if you want to call it in Sunshine, which I will not reveal. Yeah was for me one of the best twists because it was a logical twist it wasn't you watch the movie it's about the basic premise is there's a uh we've harvested all of the remaining materials on earth to build this spaceship to go and try and reignite the sun because the sun is dying like prematurely and the earth is getting cold and it's sort of like a one a one shot chant like it's like if they don't do this everybody's fucked Right. And that's the premise. So, it, And it's like a small crew on a huge ship. So there's like eight of them, I think. Yeah, I was going to say, it's almost like a... It also has, like Ravenous, has this like remote outpost type yeah. feel to it. Like most space movies, I guess. Yeah. Other than Lockup, but anyway. And and so, you know, it, that's just how it opens. And you're on, with them on this ship. And then for one reason or another, obviously, things start going wrong. Because that's the type of movie it is. It's like a thriller. But I just... I love it. I think that it's like a, it kind of looks at things that people has an oddly political slant to it. I feel if you could call it that, that just is very, uh, under addressed mm. in movies like this and sci-fi movies and movies about the end of the world or like space exploration. Like they, anyway, I won't go on about it any more than that. The soundtrack is fucking killer. The effects, everything about it. Totally underrated, hidden gem. Check out that movie. It's amazing. Sunshine by Danny Boyle. Boom. That is the episode. So next week's episode will be... uh, The hidden gem will be a band by the name of Sand People. And the You Gotta Love It. This might be controversial because it is in a bunch of... Best movies of all time lists or something. Yeah. Is Tree of Life. But... I'm not really a fan of uh, Terrence uh, Malick. Of Terrence Malick, so you know I'm probably going to be on board with having to love this because most of his movies to me feel like a fucking metaphorical struggle. No, well, literal struggle with his fucking metaphorical bullshit. So great, I'm looking forward to it. I got some baggage there. Anyway, um, yeah, check it out, guys. <laughs>